Welcome to the e-commerce podcast with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. The e-commerce podcast is all about helping you deliver e-commerce wow. Now, I am super excited with today's guest, who is Daniel Badai from Badai Media. And we are going to be talking about the secrets to retaining customers with email marketing. But before we jump into that, let me suggest a few other e-commerce podcast episodes to listen to that are also going to hit this amazing topic of email marketing. Try Gabrielle Rapone's Why Everything You Know About Email Marketing Can Be Wrong. That was a great conversation with Gabby. Uh, And another one, my fantastic conversation with Jessica Tortillo uh, about how to convince customers to buy from you instead of your competition. Now, this episode is brought to you by the e-commerce cohorts, which helps you to deliver e-commerce wow to your customers. Yes, it does. Now, I'm sure you've come across a bunch of folks stuck with their e-commerce business, or they've got siloed into working on just one or two areas of their business and miss the big picture. Well, enter the e-commerce cohort to solve this particular problem. Uh, The e-commerce cohort is a lightweight membership group with guided monthly sprints that cycle through all the key areas of e-commerce. The sole purpose of cohort is to provide you with clear actionable jobs to be done so you'll know what to work on and get the support you need to get it done. So whether you are just starting out in e-commerce or if like me, you're you're a bit of a dinosaur or maybe a more professional way to say that uh, is a more well-established e-commercer, then can I encourage you to check it out at ecommercecohort.com. It is gearing up for its founding member launch. So you're going to want to get in early doors and get these fantastic (laughs) rates. I mean, the cohort is going to be fantastic. You are definitely, if you're involved in e-commerce at all, in any way, you should check out e-commerce cohort. You're going to learn loads. You're going to meet great people, etc., etc. It's all online. Uh, it's an absolute doddle. Yes, it is. Uh, but if you've got any questions, email me directly at matt at ecommercepodcast.net uh, because let me tell you, it's it's awesome. Now, all of that said, and without further ado, let's jump into this. Here is my conversation with Daniel. Well, I am here with the amazing Daniel Badai. Daniel always has a knack for business. He's always had it. It's it's always been there. But it wasn't until he started learning about marketing and e-commerce that he truly found his calling. Now, as a former geology student, can you believe it, right? Uh, he never would have guessed that he would have ended up owning a seven-figure marketing agency, Badai Media. Now, Daniel realized early on that most e-commerce business professionals lacked the skills to implement emails professionally. Can I get an amen? We all know what he's talking about, right? And that's why he founded his agency, Badai Media, with the sole purpose of helping e-commerce brands build strong relationships with customers. So these days, Daniel spends most of his time drinking Americanos. (laughs) (laughs) which I I don't do, I'm not going to lie, and running Badai Media. Uh, But when he's not working, you can find him playing, guess what, of all sports, basketball, and spending time with his wife and two kids. He is a family man, but he also loves his 
coffee as well as traveling around the globe. Daniel, great to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. Great that you're here. Yeah, I'm really happy to be here and I love the introduction and I love the energy that you really, you know, everyone can feel. So yeah, I'm really happy to be here. Oh, good. Thanks, man. Yeah, I I, uh, I don't know what I'd be like if I drank coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's, it'd be a bit too much for the world to handle. So where are you? Whereabouts in the world are you, sir? So at the moment, I'm in uh, Hungary, Budapest. Mm -hmm. And since COVID, you know, in the last two years, I was mostly here. Before, I traveled a lot in the US and uh, in Asia. And actually, I'm planning to move to Poland for one month because I'm really interested in their culture. And um, yeah, I just want to see Krakow, Warsaw and those cities. So that's my next plan this summer. Oh, wow. So you, you do like to travel. You do like to get around. Um, I would say I'm not like a you know, crazy digital nomad mm -hmm. when I stop being the geologist guy as you said when i finished the university i had around a half a year when i traveled like crazy you know mm. every week i moved to a different place but i realized after six months that it's really hard to focus on your business yeah and of course you don't have to if you don't want to do it but i wanted to scale this business and nowadays i spend at least three four months in one city in the last two years actually here in budapest and uh, yeah, but I still like traveling I'm, and I'm planning to do it in the future. Yeah. Yeah, very good, very good. So how did you go from being a geologist to an email expert? What was that journey? Because that's not, that's not standard textbook, is it? It's not written in any sort of career progress manual that I've come across. Yeah, yeah. so I also have my podcast, The Ecom Show, and I always ask these questions from the guests. Mm -hmm. Uh, from all the guests because I can hear so many interesting stories and here is mine. So I studied geology and earth sciences here in Budapest in Hungary for almost six years and I finished my master and back then around 2016 the oil prices dropped mm -hmm. and quite the opposite than now and uh, it was really hard to find a job with geology and to find okay. a job in the oil industry. So okay I was like let's try to you know make some money and let's enjoy what i do um so actually my first job after university was a call center job i was a customer support agent and i oh, wow. really hated that yeah. work you know yeah. so i spent there seven months but at the same time in my spare time i uh, started learning copywriting and i got a few small clients through upwork this is how I started out. And then I was lucky enough to quit my job after seven months and I could get bigger and bigger projects. And at some point I realized that copywriting is fun. I really like it. I think it's the core of marketing and understanding psychology and, you know, marketing, but ultimately it's just not for me. I prefer building a team or uh, thinking about strategy. Also, I'm not a native English speaker, so, you know, it would take a lot of my time to pick up all of those skills. And I just decided to hire copywriters and I started delegating the job and focusing on sales and managing my people. Mm -hmm. And then I think this was around 2017. And what I also realized is that what if instead of just copywriting, we create the whole strategy, we build the whole strategy for businesses. Mm -hmm. At the same time, 
I got contacted with a really big e-commerce business. It, I, think, I think nowadays it's a mid-eight-figure e-commerce business. And back then it was huge for me. Mm-hmm. And we started working together. And just naturally I started you know, emerging into e-commerce more and more. And yeah, I, you know, after like one, two years, I could see that, okay, I can hire people, I can manage them. Um, e-commerce is fun and it's a really profitable business for, for everyone, basically. Yeah, you, you know, you can scale it quickly if you have the right people. So just naturally, I niche down into e-commerce. I hired 26 people in like two years. Oh, wow. And by... 2020, I think we had almost 25 people, few people left. And yeah, now we are actually at some point we had more than 30 people. Now we scaled a bit back to 26 Mm -hmm. and 25 clients, around 25 clients. And that's where we are now. So still e-commerce, not just email marketing, but retention marketing. So we help clients with loyalty programs, SMS marketing even physical mail sometimes. So that's what we do nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Well, I, 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 that's quite coincidental because the two topics we are going to be talking about today, uh, we're going to get deep dive into this um, retention marketing. I think the title of the podcast this week is The Secrets of Retaining Customers with Email Marketing. So we're going to get into all of that. I also want to grow you a little bit, uh, um, Daniel, about how you know, uh, how you grew your business and the lessons that you've learned, I guess, in that. Um, Because I think scaling, rapidly scaling is something that I think a lot of our listeners are going to, you know, if they're in e-commerce and their business rapidly grows, I think there's something to learn there. So we're going to get into that. But first, let's get into this whole uh, retention, uh, retaining customers. So you talked about doing that with email, with SMS. is that something then that you've evolved into over the years um, that your agency has been growing, that you've sort of got more and more into this whole retention uh, specialty? Definitely. So at the beginning, I started with email copywriting mm-hmm. and for mostly for e-commerce businesses. And then uh, what I also realized is that, okay, email is, is a great marketing channel, but what if we go maybe one level higher and we think a bit more holistically about the e-commerce business? And that's why we started doing uh, SMS marketing, messenger marketing. And I think the logic behind those channels is really similar to email mm-hmm. and direct response marketing, ultimately. And also loyalty programs. So we focus on retaining the customers and also we... Just recently, we started measuring metrics such as average time between two orders, Mm -hmm. customer lifetime value, historic lifetime value, and future. Certain tools can help you with this. Um, For example, Klaviyo. And really measuring these metrics and reporting to the businesses so they will know how much they can spend on ads on the front-end side to acquire one customer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think especially small e-commerce businesses, they ignore these numbers mm-hmm. and they don't have this mindset. And that's where we come in place and we can educate them and help them. 
So the customer lifetime value, the historic lifetime value, and another one you mentioned there was the average time between transactions. Um, and uh, different people call this different things, don't they? But one of the things that interests me about this is um, this is one of those metrics that I think has been hidden for a while. Uh, people have not really talked about the average time between transaction that much. Uh, but if you're in a business that re that thrives on repeat customers, um, yeah, which fundamentally is a great e-commerce business to be in, then tracking this metric, I think, starts to become quite important. What is the average time between transactions? What have you noticed um, or what insights have you gained, I guess, from just looking at that single metric? What does it tell us when we, when we do start to measure it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so as I said, we are still in the early phases, but just yesterday we had a call with our account management team and they asked the same question like, okay, Daniel, we are measuring it, but how should we use it? Mm -hmm. I think one guy asked this in the team because, you know, reporting is, is good and, you know, sometimes we can have a big ego on numbers, like I'm able to measure this, pretty cool, but why should we measure this? Yeah. Um, what decisions can we make based on these numbers? That's the ultimate question. And we went through these numbers. I think customer lifetime value is crucial to know how much you can spend on your on, on traffic acquisition. Oh, sorry, uh, customer acquisition. Yeah. I think the prime example is Starbucks, where one coffee is I don't know four five dollars, mm -hmm. something like that but their uh, customer lifetime value is more than $10,000. So, <laughs> Wow, I did not know that. That's insane. I think that's the prime example. And I think their um, returning customer rate is, you know, close to 100%, like 90%. Or once you go to Starbucks, you will come back, yeah. uh, even if you hate Starbucks, because sometimes you just need the coffee quickly. So, um you know, but um, it's, it, I would say if it's an extreme example, but uh, AOV is like $4, $5, lifetime value is $10,000, and Starbucks really knows this. So yeah. uh, they know that they can spend one, 2K to acquire one customer. That's totally fine because they will get this money back later. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the ultimate example. And uh, I think most people, they would be, happy to have a brand like Starbucks. Um, smaller businesses, smaller brands, they don't have this huge difference between the AOV and the lifetime value, mm -hmm. but still, uh, let's say your AOV is 20 bucks and your lifetime value is $100, then that's five times more mm -hmm. and you become more confident to spend more on ads. Yeah, and no, Let me just um, clarify, actually, if you're listening to the podcast and you're like, what is AOV? If you're new to e-commerce, AOV just stands for average order value. That's the amount that an average person typically spends when they're on your website. So um, sorry to interject there, Daniel, just clarifying terminology, sir. Yeah, I think it's important. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that's lifetime value. And then average days between orders. I think it's really interesting to see different segments, mm -hmm. especially on an email list. For example, I think yesterday we checked the US pet brands um, and the whole list, they had something like 200 days between two orders mm -hmm. on the average, the whole email list, which was more than 200, 
200,000 people, mm -hmm. but the VIP list, which was only a few thousand people, the average days between two orders, it was like 15, 20 days, yeah. which is 10 times difference. And that's, you know, huge difference. And uh, if the business really needs money quickly, then they should target the VIPs first yeah. because they buy really frequently. So. Yeah. No, it's very true. And actually, I think it informs your marketing efforts, not just that. I mean, I, I understand that customer lifetime value helps inform how much I can spend on customer acquisition or CAC, the cost of customer acquisition, yeah. isn't it? Or customer acquisition costs. Uh, if you're new to e-commerce, you'll find there's a lot of three-letter uh, three acronyms just all over the place. We just like to use them all over the place. Um, and CAC is probably my favorite one, given what it means here in the UK. Um, but... Um, <laughs> But yeah, you you know you've got these sort of these these metrics over here. But this average uh, days between transactions, I think, is a really interesting metric from a marketing point of view because actually, if you go if you're a business and you're saying, well, typically it takes two hundred days to get someone to buy a second order, what can I do to get that to be one hundred and ninety days? What can I do to get that to be one hundred and eighty days? Um, because you're selling to existing customers and you're trying to increase the frequency. Uh, at which they buy and I remember I remember sitting down in a meeting where I was in a conference led by the copyright genius actually uh, called Jay Abrams this was a long time ago this was maybe 30 40 years not 40 years ago I'm not that old geez um but it was 30 it was 30 years ago right and I'm sat in this conference and he said there's only three ways that you can grow your business and it's always stuck with me. He said, number one, you can increase the amount of customers that you have, customer acquisition, we like to call it now. Number two, you can increase the amount each customer buys from you, average order value. Uh, and number three, you can increase the frequency with which they buy from you. As yeah. in, you know, you can increase the, uh, you can reduce your 200 days down to the 10, 12 days. And I think... Um, it's for me, it's one of those untapped marketing potentials, isn't it? Just to look at that number and segment customers and go, well, these guys order between 10 and 20 days, but these guys order between 50 and 100 days. What, what do I need to do to get them to be within the 10, 20 days, guys? And, and thinking about that, I think, is a really interesting idea. And it opens up some really interesting opportunities. Is that what you guys were doing yesterday? Um, yeah, so actually, let's introduce one more uh, acronym, which is uh, RFM. Yeah, because you just I think you just talked about it like uh, recency, frequency and monetary. Yeah, these three. Yeah. And I think that's huge. It's really powerful. But I talked to a few industry experts on this and uh, I think it's useful about 100, 200,000 subscribers. Mm. So if you have a big list and smaller brands, I think they don't need this mm. guy. I, I, the mindset is good. Definitely. Yeah. They should think about it, but they shouldn't measure it too, too much. You know, mm. um, it's just enough to know the lifetime value or start calculating that maybe average days between orders. Yeah. But I think that's enough. And once they get to you know, higher level, let's say, they have uh, multiple hundreds of thousands of subscribers, even millions, then uh, they definitely need this RFM segmentation mm. that you just mentioned. Mm. I know tools that can measure it quite well and they can segment the customers based on this, like 
people who buy not frequently once a year, but then they buy, I don't know, $1,000 worth mm. of products, which is a high number for most stores. So, or, or people who buy frequently, but low value, mm. or maybe the window shopper. So you can create a lot of segments, but the other side of the equation is don't over complicate things and uh, <laughs> which we have yeah. a tendency to do i i, I have exactly to, yeah. yeah and i know because we tried it with a few clients this rfm segmentation and i could see it's just too early for them mm. so yeah we, we try to still you know keep things simple mm -hmm. so that's my two cents on this. No, it's good. I mean, I have to be honest with you. We use RFM segmentation with our customers mm -hmm. um, uh, on our e-commerce websites, and I think it's really insightful uh, the information it gives you. But we we have a lot of customers, and we can you know we can extract some meaningful data. But I I do think the principles of grow your customers, grow the average order value, and increase the frequency in which they buy as marketing ideas are are sound. Do you know what I mean? And and, and they, they do yeah. make sense. And you can track those three things. You don't have to go to the expense of some uh, RFN segmentation software yet. But you should be aware of them, uh, I think, and, 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 and track them. So what tools can we use to track things like customer lifetime mm -hmm. value, average order between, uh, average time between orders and stuff like that? So we, use, uh, we used Reveal before. Mm -hmm. And I think we already discussed this earlier. Uh, and Reveal is, is really good. We are really happy with it. And I also know that uh, they use it with a few big, like enterprise level companies like Decathlon in Romania. And those companies, they have millions of subscribers. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a really solid tool to use. We use Matrio or Matrilo mm -hmm. with one skincare company. They are smaller on Shopify, but they are big on Amazon. Yeah. So I think their email list is a few tens of thousands of people. Mm -hmm. But these guys, since they already have a big Amazon business, they they are uh, they are new on Shopify, but they are not new to e-commerce. Mm -hmm. So they really started the business, the Shopify business, with a really good mindset, and they wanted to measure these metrics uh, from the first day. Yeah. So we yeah. use this tool. I would say these two, and then we also use Google Analytics to get certain data. We can get uh, cohorts from analytics, but um, honestly, it, it, it took a lot of time to get the right data mm. out from analytics. And also, analytics will change soon. Yeah, so, it's again. Yeah. yeah. I would say these two, Reveal and Matrio, if you want to get started with yeah. RFM. No, great, yeah. great. And we will, of course, link to both of those in the show notes if you want to get hold of them. Um, we are going to, I'll tell you what I'm going to do now. We're, don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back in just a few seconds where Daniel and I are going to carry on our conversation and get into some of the specifics about what we can do to build customer loyalty. Uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be back in just a few seconds. Hey there, are you a business owner? Here at Orion Digital, we know firsthand that running an e-commerce business can be really hard work. As the online space gets more competitive, it is becoming even more challenging to stay ahead of the curve. We totally get it. So we want to help you succeed by offering a wide range of services, from fulfillment, marketing, customer service, and even coaching and consulting. 
just so that you can do what matters most. Save yourself the time and the money and let us handle the day-to-day -day tasks. This way, you can run your business without having to worry about the boring stuff. So what do you say? Are we a good fit for each other? Come check us out at oriondigital.com and let us know what you think. We were talking before the little break there that, um, you know, about RFM segmentation, about tracking certain uh, ideals and metrics, which is great. And so we've, we've got our metrics in place, which we are tracking those. What are some of the things that I can do then to implement um, using, you know, the strategies which you use day in, day out with email, SMS and Messenger, I think the three you, you mentioned. Um, mm -hmm. What are some of the insights and strategies we can use then to um, build uh, customer loyalty, increase our customer retention? Yeah, great question. So <clears throat> I think it also depends on the AOV for sure mm -hmm. and also what niche you are in. So there are certain industries where, where it's really hard to build on loyalty. So let's say expensive jewelry or furniture companies there, uh, the average days between two orders, it's really high. It's mm -hmm. a high number. You know, mm -hmm. you don't buy a 5K um, necklace every second week, obviously. Mm -hmm. So um, first we, you know, we have to take this into account. I think where it's crucial is uh, consumable. So, mm -hmm. and our, I think around 60% of our clients, they also sell consumables. So baby products, pet products, food, uh, fashion, skincare, beauty brands, hair care, yeah. all of these. And uh, I think their loyalty is crucial. So first of all, I think everyone should think about using less discounts because <laughs> I think it's just so, you know, it's, it's so mainstream and in, in a negative way. So yeah. nowadays, con consumers, they are smart. So not just marketers, but many people they know if they just abandon the cart, they will get a discount within yeah. one day. Yeah. So people are smart. And um, there are much better ways to, you know, to either get more subscribers or get uh, more loyal customers and subscribers. So you can try something like a free sample product. Mm -hmm. I'm a really big fan of it. And what I can see is that, uh, pop-up subscription rates are almost double, sometimes triple, if you have a free sample. Mm -hmm. And I know it takes some investment, so maybe a new business cannot afford this. But once you get some traction and the good cash flow, then you can think about it. My uh, favorite example is uh, Lumin Skincare. It's an Australian company. I also use their product. And if you go to the website, you will you can get a free product sample. Mm -hmm. And I think you can even pick from three different products Yeah, based on your skin type, I think. Yeah. So that's really smart. People love those. Um, yeah, so yeah, free free sample. I would say that's the best, really. Um, yeah, we did, that, that, at, um, we did yeah. that with Jersey Beauty Company, the, uh, which was a website I, I sold one of my e-commerce businesses I sold. Uh, but we did that. If you and if you came to our website, you could just order free samples. You didn't even need to order a product. Uh, we did charge, I think, a minimal fee for shipping and mm. handling. Um, but it was really interesting 
you know, the people that came and ordered the free samples, half of them were a waste of time. And I mean this with all due respect. A lot of them were just freebie hunters, uh, which is why we actually started to charge for shipping and handling to just reduce the yeah. freebie hunters. Um, and then the other thing we started to do was the sort of um, the tester packs where you paid like, for, I don't know, a minimal fee, like five bucks for a, you know, a, a tester pack. But if you ordered from us, um, you got the five dollar, you know, we gave you a five pound gift voucher to spend on the website. Um, and we we tested both those things. And the free sample thing worked really, really well, really well, yeah. high, very high converting. And then as long as your email sequence afterwards was good, which we'll get into, mm -hmm. you know, um, they they converted quite well. And how did you recognize the the hunters, the gift hunters? You just, it's one of those, isn't it? You Because somebody's purchased from you a sample pack, a purchase from you or ordered from you a sample pack, you just have no idea about that person. What you could tell um, uh, was you could, you could track, say, uh, let's say you were running paid media, a paid media campaign, like a Facebook ad to that free sample to generate new leads. Um, you could test which ads bought in the best customers, you know, and which which audiences bought in the best customers. And so you could track those kind of things, which was really helpful. Um, and we found that actually if somebody put um, somebody came across it and they would share their the link <laughs> mm -hmm. to um, I don't know, like Mumsnet or some kind of forum like that. Um, then depending on the forum that they posted it on would also depend on the quality of customer that you would get as a, as a result of it. But we just solved the problem by just charging a fee of like, I think it was like three pounds, two pounds, 53 pounds, something like small, that yeah. for uh, shipping and packaging. And so that solved most of the issues right there. Yeah. 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 That's a good tactic indeed. Yeah. So not completely free, but almost. Yeah. But right. almost, you know, the, the, yeah. the, the product itself was free. We just yeah. had to pay shipping and handling, um, but we didn't yeah. charge like you know ten bucks shipping and handling mm. because that would just be outrageous. Do you know what I mean? It was like a minimal fee, um, yeah, yeah. but enough to stop the. And we tested different levels to stop the mm. you know the freebie hunters. Yeah, yeah. Speaking about loyalty, because this this is just a small part of it. So I really recommend the book to everyone, mm. which is never lose a customer again. Okay. I just. I just had the author Joey Coleman in our uh, podcast and more more will come with him but I think I should keep that secret now so <laughs> yeah he's a great guy yeah uh, he, he's really I think probably he's the one of the best in the world when it comes to loyalty customer mm. loyalty um, and not just about software or whatever but psychology like how this works and yeah, so check out that book. I really recommend that. And besides, you can use tools such as Jotpo, Stem.io. My favorite is Loyalty Lion, which is actually a UK company. Mm -hmm. And uh, those are all great to create VIP tiers for, for your most loyal customers. They can, uh, you know, collect their points and they can use them in, a, in different creative ways. You can also connect this with SMS and Klaviyo mm -hmm. with email marketing. So you can set up different smart flows mm -hmm. to communicate with your loyalty members. And yeah, so about tracking, you can also track the numbers that actually these guys, they are really valuable. They are 
10 times more valuable than your average customer and you can see why it's so important. So these are the best tools that we use. And I would say try to come up with creative ideas how to uh, retain those loyal customers and don't just use discounts. But, you know, I think big brands are actually pretty good at this, like Nike, Adidas, they offer you even live meetings uh, if you hit certain points. I know brands who, who do it. I think Gymshark is going into this direction as well. Mm. So try to be creative and uh, come up with great offers and you can steal ideas from these big brands. So what are some of the things that you said? I mean, you've mentioned the free samples thing. Um, what are some of the other ideas that you've seen work really well that are what you call, well, they're just not discounts, basically. They're a bit more creative. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I will be honest. So actually, my team know, knows it better. Um, yeah. If you want, I can send you a short list uh, of, of the best ideas. Mm. But I think everyone should be really conscious about their brand and their audience and what yeah. they offer. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And even can work out pretty well if you can manage that. Uh, we mentioned free sample. And uh, yeah, I know someone who holds uh, Facebook lives mm -hmm. and uh, people can participate in the Facebook live yeah. or even ask questions. It's a keto brand. Yeah. So these are just a few ideas. Yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. I'm seeing this live streaming thing more and more um, and they're starting to call it live selling now, uh, which is, uh, or live commerce, which is, it's going to be an interesting thing coming out. So, um, what sort of what sort of things could I use um, with emails, for example? So, how do I how can I use my emails to build customer loyalty? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, first of all, I would uh, recommend everyone that you should have solid email flows because mm. automations they usually have higher revenue per recipient than campaigns mm -hmm. because flows are triggered by certain behavior. So it's not just automated, but the targeting is solid. Like yeah. it, it's, it's hard to achieve something similar with campaigns, with email campaigns and uh, build the right type of flows. So everyone needs a new customer flow, have a separate flow for new customers, make it long with many emails and just try to introduce your brand to them. Um, you can also send them some instructions how to use the product, especially if it's a more complex product, maybe furniture. Mm -hmm. If it's a t-shirt, probably you shouldn't do it. And then you can... <laughs> Yeah, it's maybe how, how to one. wash the t-shirt. Yeah, maybe that's a better one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you never know. Um, what we also do once they get the product, then uh, we send them a survey and we try to upsell more. Uh, and then we collect the fresh customer reviews and you can send it out as an email campaign. Mm -hmm. And actually it converts really well in most cases. And then have separate flows for your VIP customers where, you know, it's more warm hearted, let's say. And uh, you can even ask their opinion about your products. Like, what do you think about our products? And not just products, but 
okay, what do you think? How should we become an even better business mm. brand? Mm. Uh, how, what direction should we set uh, with our product development? So uh, VIP flow, and then you can set up different flows for, for you know, in connected with your, with your loyalty program, like redeem your points. This is how you can use them or refer us to a friend. Um, so there are different flows for, for loyalty as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's very good. I mean, and they're all, I mean, all the stuff you've mentioned there is all fairly straightforward to set up, isn't it? In systems like Clavio or Active mm -hmm. Campaign or, um, you know, whatever platform you use. I think MailChimp do them as well. Um, but there, do you have an email platform of choice? I mean, you've mentioned Clavio a couple mm -hmm. of times. Is that the one that you use? Yeah, Clavio, 100%. In the past, we worked with some MailChimp clients. We tried, I think, at least five other platforms. Mm -hmm. We tried Drip. Uh, internally, we use HubSpot for B2B. And then SendGrid, I think. Yeah. But still, Clavio is our go-to choice. Yeah. So if you're an e-commerce, then Clavio. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's actually... We're using Clavio at the moment, um, and it's, I've just got my through my first little while of using them. We we've tried a whole bunch of other ones, and I and the other one I like is Omnisend. We've had um, we've yeah. had Omnisend on the podcast actually. The guys from there and they they do a great because yeah. they integrate also with SMS messaging, don't they? Omnisend. Yeah. Um, does Clavio integrate with SMS or is it just email only for those that don't know? So uh, Clavio can do SMS as well. However, we tend not to use it. Mm -hmm. And we use other tools like SMS Bump, Recard, Postscript, because there are certain limitations. So I think it's still only available in uh, English-speaking countries, so not in France, Germany, right. or you know other European countries. Um, that's one limitation. Also... I think campaigns could be better. Um, yeah, I, I, my go-to choice would be Recart now, but this landscape changes almost every month. So before we used SMS bump with most clients, now we prefer Recart. So yeah, it's it's always about the features, I would yeah. say. Yeah. I, I'm not envy of these guys, to be honest, because <laughs> they they it's a kind of rat race, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And they're always trying to outdo each other on features, aren't they? And the latest thing and um, yeah. and, and what happens. And then, of course, Apple come along and screw everything up with some latest <laughs> iOS change. And then it's like, oh, back yeah. to the drawing board again. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we've seen that. Uh, we've seen that a lot. So, um, so that's, I mean, there's some top tool tips there. And we will, of course, put the links to those tools in the show notes if you want to know those. In terms of... Um, I get that the you know that we need to in terms of customer loyalty we 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 want to increase our average order value we want to increase our lifetime value we want to increase the you know or decrease the amount of days between transactions increase their order frequency uh, and we want to be creative in doing this we don't just want to keep giving discount after discount after discount because that's just never a great way to win long term with e-commerce so I've got to set up my email sequences and my um, or flows as you called them where a certain action is going to trigger a certain event. And I've got, I've got these different uh, emails uh, all set up, um, all the different flows working. And there's, you know, we've talked about flows a lot on the podcast. Um, 
And a flow could be anywhere from probably three emails up to maybe about seven, I think. It, it depends on you and your brand, I suppose. Um, what sort of things should I be thinking about in terms of design of those emails? Because I tell you what, um, the flows I get, like we've got a, a, a vegan supplement brand, Vegetology is one of our, our websites. I understand the, the flows that I have to send to customers to make that work, right? I, I've got my head around it. I guess what sort of, how should I lay it out? How should I design it? I don't know if you've got any thoughts on that. Yeah, that's a really important question. And uh, I can see people fighting over this topic, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, we should definitely record it. Yeah, yeah. Especially when it comes to designers and copywriters. So, mm. yeah. Um, I would say it really depends. And I know everyone has this answer, but let me give you some insights on this. So, you know, what we can see is that many times plain text emails without any design, they convert amazing, especially if it's a warm hearted email yeah. from the CEO. When I started my career, I used these emails a lot. You know, um, I made up some story that I'm traveling to a conference now and I have half an hour to give you a discount mm -hmm. <laughs> i remember those emails in the early days and they converted really well mm. um yeah but what we realized after a while so you know there are fashion brands skincare brands um, all of these gym brands let's say where design gymshark is a really good example i think for nike so their design is crucial because this is what sells it's not about the copy it's not about how you write the email. Of course, it's important, but that's a really small part of it. Design is the most important. So I think the business owner and the, the marketers in the team should know, okay, what really sells these products? Are we design focused or more like copywriting focused? And probably I would say most brands, they should be copywriting focused because direct response just works. You know, if you are a good copywriter, you will sell your product. Yeah. But there are those cases when it's a lifestyle brand or there is some reason for that, then design becomes much more important than copy. Mm. So you just maybe let's uh, talk about an example. So you just mentioned this uh, vegan brand that you have. And uh, I'm curious, what do you think about this brand? Like, is it design focused or more like, you know, good offers, good copy? Uh, if I'm honest with you, Daniel, I'm trying to do all of it. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm trying to. Uh, what I've, what I can tell you is, we do the emails where they're very well designed. Um, okay. And it's it's hard to make um, a tablet look pretty, right? Is is so you know you have to do the lifestyle shots and the lifestyle photography. Um, but one of the things that I do like to do, although I I, I don't actually make up the stories, I as the MD of that company, I do like to email just a plain text email okay. and um or at least a minimal email you know like a, a with very minimal graphics like hey here's an update or here's something you know and um whenever i've sent those out certainly with our existing customers you always always get an overwhelming response in terms of because it it feels like a normal email Normal, yeah. as in it's not a promotional email there's no real heavy graphics in there 
people respond. People just hit the reply button and they, they answer you whatever question you've asked. Do you know what I mean? And they and yeah. it starts to engage them in a conversation. Um, and I actually really like that to the point where um, I've said to the team, I'm like, how do we do that more? Really? Yeah. What if you, what if you did only that? It's a good question, isn't it? It is a really good question. Could we do just something like that? Uh, I don't know if I'm that brave, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or let's let, let me ask you differently. So, uh, why do you do the nicely designed emails? I think it's. I, I again, I like to mix it up. And so, um, if we have, uh, for example, a new product uh, which comes out on, uh, so we're just about to launch um, a sleep tablet, for example, mm -hmm. something that helps with sleep. Yeah, and so. Um, you want something that is well, you know, good copyright, but I think also you're, you're, sh you're showing as well as telling, aren't you? And I think a picture paints a thousand words in situations like that. And so for me, some kind of lifestyle photography, even just somebody sleeping in a bed soundly, it implies so much that yeah. just from that single picture, you know, so, um, we would, we would use uh images when when we feel like it helps enhance the story makes sense yeah 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 actually then uh i think what you're talking about this you know picturing how the product works what was the benefit that's also quite direct response mm. because if you think about it, even the old direct response ads they had images or yeah. or drawings they were really similar but they had a purpose which is you know, showing how the product is used, why why it's good to use it. It's not because it's nice or whatever. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, if you can see this, then maybe you could try that, okay, this month we will send more plain text emails, next month we will try more design emails, and then just change the ratio um, of those. And, uh, yeah, after five minutes for me, uh, it's it sounds like you should try more uh, copy based and you can use images, but it's not about the nice design. It's yeah. not like Gymshark. So yeah. that's what I would try. Yeah, first. It, no, I, I totally agree. And it's something on our on our roadmap to do, because I think um, the simplicity of those emails just encourages conversation. And, and that's actually quite nice. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, that's all. It's funny, isn't it? How these things come and go, you know, right at the beginning, I remember all you could do was plain text emails. Yeah, uh, and then we started doing HTML emails, and they became all graphics based, and everyone loved them. And then we could put video in emails, and and now it's yeah. coming back round. So it's like, actually, it's understanding the right tool for the right job yeah. uh, at yeah, the yeah. right time, right? So, uh, listen, I, I think we could keep talking about this, but one thing that I did say we would touch on, um, that I I I want to touch on because I'm aware of time, is just the fact that you built an agency quite rapidly to. Um, you know, and, and had to hire a whole bunch of people quite quickly. Um, and, you know, you started yourself as a freelancer on Upwork. Uh, you've, I, I'm guessing you have gone and recruited people from places like Upwork in your agency. Yeah. Um, so what is, somebody is listening to the show, their business has grown and scaling. What are some of the key lessons that you've learned there? Sure. So first of all, hiring is, is crucial. Hiring is a kind of, inverted sales or inverse sales mm. many people say well, not many but i think alex hormozzi said this actually and i really like this quote because 
you are hiring clients as an agency, but you are so or sorry, you are yeah, you are acquiring clients basically to increase your business, but also on the other side, you need people who deliver the work and you also uh, acquire them. Mm. So it's it's you know, and it's also about people. So sales and hiring is pretty close to each other. Mm. Um, always look for talent. People, they always look for clients, but they don't always look for talent. And I mm. think that's a huge mistake. Um, and what I just realized recently, and yeah, I think this is huge. So people come first, like it's not about strategy, not about marketing, not about copywriting, but people, because good people, they can create good strategy, marketing, mm. copywriting. So, you know, it's really about people in your team and get being connected with good people, talented people. Um, I, I think those are my recent uh, learnings. But of course, along the way, I learned a lot of things. Uh, I, I learned, um, I, I read a lot of books about management and leadership. I think I read more than 40 books on this topic. Wow. So I, I really like this topic. Actually, I'm thinking about... Uh, making a course or some kind of mentorship program or whatever. I really enjoy teaching this yeah. uh, topic. And also, I think it's uh, undervalued, you know, like you can find a lot of marketing courses everywhere, but you cannot find any about creative management or good leadership in e-commerce. So, yeah, um, I would say, yeah, these these are the few takeaways. Um, I can get more specific if you want. No, I think yeah. it's interesting, isn't it? Because I um, I know you've got your podcast, the Econ Podcast, which is a great podcast and everyone should go and subscribe to it. Uh, and again, we'll link to that in the show notes. And in fact, uh, it's I've been on your podcast. It's not great because I've been on it, I, irrespective. Of <laughs> it's, a, it's a great show. One of the things that I've found, Daniel, and I don't know if, you've, again, you found the same thing. When you go on to other people's shows, right, and they interview on their podcast, they want to know things like we want to know, like, how do I do emails that increase customer loyalty? But as I've done today, I'm like, well, hang on a minute. There's also this other side. There's also this other story um, in terms of your you've had to rapidly scale and grow your business. Well, that's not really e-commerce, stuff, but that's stuff we definitely want to know about because we're yeah. facing similar sort of stuff in our own business and so um i find it fascinating you know this whole idea of leadership and challenges and how you deal with them and like you the whole thing intrigues me and i'm i'm not doing a course on it we're actually starting a second podcast uh, about it by the time this episode comes out that may well be started i don't know um but where do you go to find good people because that i think that's one of the key questions people have is like how do i go and hire good yeah. people? it's great to go and get talent but where do i find it sure so as you mentioned, I started hiring on Upwork because that's how I got hired as well at the really mm -hmm. beginning. And then we had the chance to work with, uh, I will mention her name. So, so Angela Mouton, she's mm -hmm. from South Africa, but she lives in California or yeah, I think she lives there now. Mm -hmm. She's a big traveler and uh, she's amazing with, uh, with hiring. So I think her professor was uh, Cheeks and Mihai and he wrote the book Flow, which is okay. a really well-known psychology book. So she she's you know she's really good with hiring and with, with people, and she helped us at the at the beginning. Mm. 
And then we started using LinkedIn ads to find good talent. And just recently, last year, we started looking into more niche platforms like designers Behance and Dribbble mm -hmm. and then developers. Mm, I think there is a Shopify uh, platform just for Shopify devs. Mm. And uh, yeah, we just, you know, indeed, I think in the US it's huge. So we just started looking into more platforms mm. and uh, now we use all of them. And our HR guy, uh, our head of culture, that's how we call him. So he takes care of the whole process. Mm. But what I would recommend to everyone is that try to have a person in your team who is your head of culture, your HR person and uh, someone who really takes care of the team's mm. mental health a bit as well, not just hiring. And uh, yeah, I think that's that's a really, really important area. That's actually really, really important. Uh, who looks after the team's mental health because it's, a, it's becoming a bigger and bigger issue um, and definitely yeah. one we need to get involved with. One of the things that I like about what you've said, and it's kind of like a bit of an undercurrent, you've, you've mentioned it a couple of times, is whenever you want to know something, you tend to go and find an expert in that field and either get them onto your podcast or work with them in some kind of mentorship way. Um, is that kind of one of your life philosophies? It's like, let me go and learn from other people. Yeah, I think that's really important because it can speed up the learning process. So mm. if you have to learn everything by yourself, it will, it will take a lot of time. And uh, it's interesting because I just talked to a guy who who is more successful than me in business, let's say, and he learns everything by himself. Mm. And I'm really curious where we'll, we will be in 15 years. Yeah. So it's possible, but it's really hard. And mm. you must be smart, learn quickly, all of that. So I'm a bigger fan of uh, hiring people, or if you cannot hire, at least to hire a consultant, and that person will tell you the 80-20 of yeah. that area. Yeah. Because if you have to dig out the information yourself and learn it by yourself that takes the most time so yeah yeah, yeah. no brilliant i like it i like the uh, you you come across daniel as a very humble guy actually and i quite like that and and the willingness to learn from other people is is a good sign of that so um listen thank you for being on the show thank you for sharing your wisdom and insight if people want to reach out to you people want to connect with you how do they do that what's the best way yeah, so check out our website, thebudaimedia.com. And I ask you to put the link into the description because Buddha is my name and I know it's difficult for some people. <laughs> we also have our Facebook group. It's a top e-commerce top e retention marketing group. You mm -hmm. can find it. And I think these, these two are the main channels. The two main ways. So the, the website, Budai, the Budai Media Group, which is B-U-D-A-I, if you want to know how to spell it, and yeah. the, the Facebook group. And like Daniel has requested, we will, of course, put all of those links in the show. Man, our show notes are just going to be full of links this week. It's just one <laughs> long list uh, of links. But you can get that uh, for free at the website, uh, ecommercepodcast.net. Um, Daniel, just quickly tell folks about your podcast. Sure. So the Ecom show, and I launched it almost two years ago. I think we will have the second, the third year will start next month. And, and uh, we just had our 100 episode with Ezra Firestone. And uh, basically, I invite e-commerce business owners, agencies, marketers in this field, and I ask them, 
to talk about their uh, you know mindset how they started their journey in e-commerce and we also share valuable tactics strategies what to implement tips and hacks mm -hmm. all of that and uh, make sure you check it out if you want to learn more yeah in e the income show do check it out it's a great show uh, and very helpful uh, for e-commerce entrepreneurs and like we talked about the best way to learn something is to go and learn from somebody who's done it before uh, just you know putting that out there and this is why i love this show because i get to talk to people who have expertise and insight in these areas like daniel and uh, i've got again pages and pages of notes uh, to talk to the team about which is wonderful so daniel thank you so much uh for being with us really appreciate it but and uh, always great to reconnect with you uh yeah appreciate it uh, have a have a fantastic day in in hungary thank you i wish the same to you and to every listener so there you have it. What a phenomenal conversation. Huge thanks again to Daniel for joining me today. Uh, and also a big shout out to today's sponsor, the e-commerce cohort. Do head over to ecommercecohort.com for more information about this new type of community, which you can join at amazing rates. Now, be sure to subscribe where you get your podcast from, because as always, we've got some great episodes, uh, some great conversations lined up, uh, and I don't want you to miss any of them. And in case no one has told you yet today, you, my friend, are awesome. Yes, you are. Now, the e-commerce podcast is produced by Orion Media. You can find our entire archive of episodes on your favorite podcast app. The team the fabulous team that makes this show possible is Sadaf Bainon, Josh Catchpole, Estelle Robin, and Tim Johnson. Our theme song is written by me and my son, Josh Edmondson. Uh, and if you would like to read the transcript or show notes, head over to the website ecommercepodcast.net, where you can also sign up for our newsletter. So that's it from me. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a fantastic week. See you next time. Bye for now.